Hi, I'm Don Mackey, welcome to the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. This show is focused on providing strategies to empower community success and vitality. Each episode will feature interviews with cutting-edge rural development thought leaders and community practitioners, remarkable entrepreneurs from business, government, and nonprofits, and by sharing the learnings of E2 entrepreneurial ecosystems. Connect with me, learn more about E2, and subscribe to this show at energizingentrepreneurs.org. This is Don Mackey, your host today for Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast, and today I'm joined by two friends, colleagues, and I would also say teachers who have helped me learn more about entrepreneurship over the year, Maria and Kate with SourceLink. Folks, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, terrific. I'm really pleased that you were able to join us, and I think our audience is going to find this conversation really helpful to them to understand not only how SourceLink could be a tremendous resource to them and their communities and regions and states, but also SourceLink is so much more than the platform itself. It represents a form of entrepreneurial ecosystem building that I think is really powerful. So let's jump in. I want to begin with focusing on the book the two of you co-authored, Beyond Collisions, How to Build Your Entrepreneurial Infrastructure. And so, Maria, if I can start with you, let's go a little bit before the book. You were involved as a co-founder with SourceLink decades ago as I was curating the paper that will go with this podcast. I did my historical research, and of course, Kate was helpful in sending me a history. Could you share a bit about why you were motivated to create SourceLink and what that journey has looked like over the last few years? We started Casey SourceLink back in 2003. And the issue at the time was that there were lots and lots of resources for entrepreneurs, but the entrepreneurs couldn't find them. They just simply thought there weren't any. And if they did find one, they'd often find the wrong one. So not only did they feel that there weren't any resources, but the resources that were there were bad. We started Casey SourceLink just to connect entrepreneurs to the right resource at the right time. The way that we did it was unusual, probably for the time. We decided that there were many resources that supported entrepreneurs and there were many entrepreneurs, but instead of creating an entrepreneurial network, we actually connected together the resources. We were able to identify who was out there, connect them together, talk about where gaps were in the space of entrepreneurship back at the time. And then we put in place some measures to move the community forward around this. And that's how really it all started. For me, got started through a grant from the Kauffman Foundation to UMKC with support from the SBA. And I remember my first day vividly. I had a teacher's desk and 22 student desks, no phone, no computer. And Kate was at Kauffman at the time, and she had turned on my website and my phone line and told me to answer the phone. I was definitely a startup with a blank piece of paper that said, get entrepreneurs to the right resource at the right time. And that's really how it all got started. It's an amazing story because, of course, now there are folks all across the United States using SourceLink, and that'll show up in the paper that we're curating. So, Kate, as Maria indicated, you were at the Kauffman Foundation at the time that the foundation was supporting SourceLink. Share a little bit about your connections with SourceLink and when you joined SourceLink. But like Maria, you have a long history with this initiative. Yeah, as Maria said, I was at the Kauffman Foundation, and people kept calling our switchboard and asking for help. 
And that wasn't the business we were in at the foundation, but we knew there were resources out there because we were funding most of them in the Kansas City market. So when I retired from SourceLink several years ago, I just sort of walked across the street to UMKC and Maria's office and said, is there something I could do to get involved and began helping roll out the SourceLink model to some other communities at that point, which was lots of fun. So she retired from Kaufman, not from SourceLink at the time and came across the street. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we're really excited. I think most of our listeners know my home state is Nebraska. And over most of my career, I've wanted SourceLink to come to Nebraska. At last, it's coming to Nebraska. I'm so excited that this is going to be a resource in my home state. I'd be interested from both of you, uh, maybe beginning with you, Maria. Obviously, it's grown beyond Kansas City SourceLink or KC SourceLink. It's now being used in rural areas like Kansas and major metropolitan areas. Why do you think SourceLink has become so foundational in entrepreneurial ecosystems uh, across the United States? I think it has become foundational because that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's about as basic as you can get when you start looking at building an entrepreneurial ecosystem. It's really about identifying the assets and taking a look at what is around you and making sure that they're communicating with each other to help build a better environment for entrepreneurs. And the concept is really to think about no wrong door. So if everybody knows about each other, when somebody comes to your door, then you can get them into all the resources that can help them. And if you can't help them, you can send them to the right place. So I think that's very simple and foundational idea of understanding who your resources are, connecting them together, and then working together to solve that the entrepreneurs have in their community. And I also think that it's a very tangible thing that you can do. And so people are looking for immediate ways to make changes in their community. And as you follow the path and you identify your resources and get them onto what we call our resource navigator online tool, you see real tangible movement forward in your community. And we also work hard to think about what it is you want to change in your community and think about how you can measure that up front so you can demonstrate results as you go through the process of building an entrepreneurial ecosystem. So I think it's really pretty foundational, identify, connect, empower, measure. That's what we suggest. So it's a great start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a point you raised is one that really created the energy to move forward with SourceLink here in Nebraska. We had Blueprint Nebraska, which was a an initiative of the university, the Chamber of Commerce, and the governor's office. And Jim Jenkins led the Entrepreneurship Industry Council, and they went out across the state talking to entrepreneurs. And that was one of the concerns that was raised, is we know there's resources out there. We don't know how to connect to them. It was a frustration point. At that time, Jim wasn't familiar with SourceLink. And as we began to work with him, and he shared those concerns we don't have to build something new. There is something out there called SourceLink that could really fill this need. And of course, Jim and his group became very excited about it, which led to ultimately the commitment to move forward. Another point you made that, Kate, I'm sure you can remember from our days having discussions with Jay Kane back at the foundation is in those days, we used to think about we need one-stop shops. One phone number, one website we can go to to find everything we need. I remember Jay talking about 
that's old thinking. The new thinking is no wrong door. And that's what SourceLink really becomes. So I don't know if you remember those conversations, but they're still vivid in my mind as Jay would pontificate about this pivot point from one stop to no wrong door. And I think, as you know, for rural entrepreneurs in particular, the resources are invisible. They're in the next county at the state level. And so it becomes even more difficult if you're in a rural community to figure out sort of what is that right door. And so by linking the resources and then making them more accessible, more visible to entrepreneurs, I think we just help everybody out in that way. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your recent book, Beyond Collisions, How to Build Your Entrepreneurial Infrastructure. Uh, As I understand, this was a team effort between the two of you to put this together. Kate, maybe you can share a little bit about why the two of you were motivated to do this. And then maybe, Maria, you can talk a little bit about what's in the book. Well, Maria kept getting all these requests to talk about what we had learned through Casey SourceLink and what we learned with working with communities around the country. And I kept saying, you really need to write a book. You really need to write a book. And she finally said, okay, we'll write the book. I think it was just a way for us to collect all these amazing lessons and best practices and the things that we had learned from so many other folks in the field into one place. And at the time, and still even today, I don't think there is that one book that really talks about how to build the infrastructure. We always say that you can't build an ecosystem but you can build the infrastructure that then helps facilitate the development of a really strong entrepreneurial ecosystem. So that's where we kind of got started. Yeah, that's neat. And I know the response has been strong to the book. It's on a lot of the recommended reads. I know we have put it in our anthology at the end of each year, almost every year since it came out as one of those must reads that if you want to do this, we're right now working with some groups in different parts of the state and we're saying, This is one of the books that you should read before we get too deep. Maria, talk a little bit about, in the book, you identify four kinds of entrepreneurial talent. Maybe you could share a little bit about that typology, because I think it's useful for folks to understand in ecosystem building that entrepreneurs aren't just one type. There's a diversity in the kinds of resources they need vary. Um, Could you talk a little bit about that? Early on when we were building out Casey SourceLink, one of the things that became very obvious to us was that resources clustered around the type of entrepreneur that they served, which is why if you ended up at one resource and they didn't serve your type of entrepreneur, you would feel like there wasn't anything out there for you. What we found is they're really, we call them the four quadrants of entrepreneurs. And one of them is the microenterprise quadrant. These are people that start small, they stay small. They can be a wide variety of different kinds of businesses, consultants, as people retire or leave their larger corporations, they'll turn into that. People who are in daycare or providing other services to people, we see lots of different kinds of businesses there. It's the largest number of businesses across the country, a very important group to support. They fund themselves by themselves through credit cards or their own, you know, revenue that comes in. That's how they get started. Owner builds them to where they want to build them to. A lot of part-time people working on side hustles and those kinds of things will sit there. The next group is our main streeters. And our main streeters are a significant number of people across the country as well, you know, 20, 22% of people across the country that are growing 
businesses in there, your independent restaurants and our retailers and our doctors and lawyers offices and some of these smaller groups that grow kind of to where they want to grow to. It supports their family. What they really love to do is service their customers and their clients. And they just make our communities vibrant because these are the businesses that you see when you drive down the street. And they're the ones that are really supporting the soccer teams and and all of that in your community. So they're a great group too. Then there's a group, what we call our innovation-led. And we all hear a lot about innovation-led businesses and the venture capital and things that they need. That group tends to hang around universities, equity players, more in that space. But there's not that many of them, really. I mean, it's only about 1% across the country. So if you're not seeing thousands of these in your backyard, nobody's seeing thousands of these in their backyard. So it's just what it is. Then our last grouping is our second stagers. And our second stagers are the companies that have figured out their processes. They know their market and their customer. And they have owners who are just raring to take this thing forward and put the time and the money and investment into taking the business forward. There are innovation-led companies there. There are micro-enterprises that grow from that space and Main Streeters. It's when the owner decides we're really going to grow and start hitting a larger market. Those are kind of our four quadrants. And like I said, different resources fill uh, the need of the different groups. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of the more elegant yet sophisticated typologies to think about the entrepreneurial talent. And it's a neat framework. So, Kate, what's the easiest way to for our listeners to find a copy of the book? If they go to joinsourcelink.com, that's the easiest way. We have, in addition to finding our book, you find a blog that has a lot of great best practices about what other communities are doing all around the country to support entrepreneurs. You can also email us at hello at joinsourcelink.com. Be happy to get back to you if you've got specific questions about something going on in your community. If we've learned anything, we've learned that there's no one-size-fits-all solution. And so I think the process Maria talked about of identify, connect, empower, and measure is really important as you go through that. And as you've talked so many times, Don, and then it takes the right kind of leaders to take that process forward. I'm just working on a piece right now about the role of champions in communities and how they really create agency in the community to do this work. We've got a little bit of time, and so I want to, it wasn't on our script, but I'm sure we can ad lib. SourceLink is involved in a really exciting project with IEDC or the International Economic Developers Council. I always get that acronym kind of laid out wrong, but the two of you have been actively involved. Maybe, Maria, you can talk a little bit about the origins of that initiative. And Kate, you're kind of curating the beta test, and you can maybe talk a little bit about that if you're game. We are really excited to work with IDC in helping to build new training in hopefully the creation of a certificate-type program for economic developers in entrepreneurship. The field has built so greatly in the last five, six, seven years, and being able to try to put the same jargon at the same place so people can begin to really talk and understand some of the jargon that goes on when those of us that have been this for a while start throwing (laughs) acronyms around, if you will. Having the ability to sort of lay out a base foundation of what we think people should know about when you're trying to build economic development through entrepreneurship. And so we're just honored to be a partner in making 
some of that happen. And Kate, you can talk about sort of the process and, and where it is. Yeah, we've actually developed two different courses, one kind of a setting the stage introductory, and then the second delving more deeply into these different kinds of entrepreneurs and what they need, and then some other critical pieces of the infrastructure that are important if you're going to be trying to support entrepreneurs in your community. We've been so blessed to have so many really smart people help us with this. Don's contributed to chapters and other content to the curriculum. We love that. We are pilot testing it right now. So we've gone through the pilot test for the first course. We'll be pilot testing the second course later this month. And then it's going to be available through IEDC in April. And they are also certification tests. So you'll actually be able to be certified as an economic developer in entrepreneurship-led economic development. And we feel like that is a huge step forward in the field. Don, you will remember other conversations with Jay Kane about how do we get the economic developers on board with this whole notion of entrepreneurship? So it's been a long time coming, but it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I sometimes feel like we've gone around the tree a few times, but it's great that we're now heading in a direction. And and just for our listeners, Maria and Kate were kind enough to let me review the chapters, be part of the class. And I think it's going to be an amazing resource. So if you're a community economic developer out there, if your community is interested in entrepreneurship, you need to get that certification. When this becomes available, I really encourage you to seriously consider it as a way to advance your own professional development, but also to help your community get better at this important work of entrepreneur-led development. Hey, we're out of time. I warned you that this would go fast, and it does. Kate, uh, you were nice enough to kind of share information on how folks could learn more about SourceLink. I would add that Anne, one of our producers, will have a landing page, which will have that information as well, plus some other resources about SourceLink to make it easy for our listeners to connect with SourceLink. And so on behalf of our podcast, Maria and Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So as we wrap up today, I just want to remind our listeners through E2 Entrepreneurial Resources, we have some other resources that can help you. Probably your first stop should be our website, energizingentrepreneurs.org. There you'll find free website resources. You can join our E2 National Practitioners Network and access our entrepreneurial development framework and library. We have a monthly newsletter that is free, easy to subscribe to, and also easy to unsubscribe if you find it's not helpful. And then, of course, all of our Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcasts. We're also curating a bit of a summary paper about SourceLink with the help of Kate and Maria that will uh, come out with this podcast. And so we encourage you to take a look at that. We've always made the case that SourceLink is best in class, one of those remarkable resources, innovations that is contributing to entrepreneurship in America. So thanks to the two of you and also the entire SourceLink team for the vision, the work of making this a possibility. On behalf of all of us today, thank you for joining this podcast. Keep up the good work of developing your rural community. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Head on over to energizingentrepreneurs.org where you can subscribe to this podcast and tap into more than 25 years of field experience from E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems. I'm Don Mackey, and I'll see you next time on Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. <music>